So I want to just offer you a few instructions this afternoon as you continue your investigation into your practice and into your own mind. I said last night that it's challenging and I've already started to hear from a few of you how difficult it's, it's already starting to become. I want to just remind you that this is because you're going against the stream. You're choosing to practice against the auto-neural pull of desire, of reactivity, of rejecting unpleasant and grasping for what's pleasant. And this auto-neural reactivity, this pull can be so strong because delusion is so strong. And so that's why we need this, this metta practice, this metta bhavana. We need it because in this deepening practice that we're doing, this really soul-searching, mind-investigating work, it's not like we're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to become something. What we're trying to see is how we can create more space around the heart, more space to breathe, to relax back, as we've been talking about this morning, back into an attitude that is really supportive of your practice, an attitude that supports your awakening. And this is never done, rarely done, with a stick, with shoulds, with judgment or criticism. Metta is the practice that brings friendliness, loving kindness, tenderness, gentleness to our practice. And it's not love as in romantic love or the intimate kind of love that we're used to hearing about. But we like to use a, a term called grandmother love or nana love because it connotes this sense of ease and friendliness and sweetness, tenderness. And it's this attitude, this very attitude of of tenderness and ease that causes the wholesome states to arise. It's what conditions the mind, inclines the mind to sweet and easy practice. Practice is supposed to feel good, by the way. Buddhism has gotten quite a bad rap as a grim, morose practice. And so if you're feeling already like there's a bearing down, a hardening, a tension, you know, either in your posture, your physical posture, or your mental posture. Like, you know, am I doing this right? You know, what am I, how am I supposed to be walking? Did I, am I doing it like Tara said this morning? Am I moving too fast, too slow? 
we bring metta, we cultivate this attitude, this quality of tenderness, so that we can be reminded that we're looking for a balanced approach. What we're aiming for is that sweet spot between the overindulgence and sense desire and the overindulgence in, in ascetic or harsh, extreme, radical practice. What's really unique about this practice, unlike uh, brain games that cultivate cognition and memory where you have to really put your head into it, metta is more like a softening, a melting, an expanding heart energy that actually behaves like a, a solvent, a powerful liquid solvent, uh, like a paint thinner. You know, when you've painted your whole room and the brushes have started to harden, you drop them in the solvent and suddenly the solution allows for a loosening, a softening. And it's this metta that behaves this way with mind states that are harsh or critical or judgmental, it actually dissolves these unwholesome states when we place them into this loving state of mind. Whether they're stiff grudges or resentments, and some of you may have come this week with unfinished business, maybe there were or emotions, high emotions around what's going on in your life. So maybe there are hard edges, things to still smooth out, fear, baked in anger. So as you're practicing throughout the day, sitting, walking, standing, sitting, eating, resting, invariably stuff will come up Emotions, feelings will come up. And by now you've probably gotten a taste of how vast the mind is, how deep it is, like the deepest sea. Eknath Swaran puts it this way. He says it turns with emotional tempests of which we are barely conscious, but which virtually dictate thought and behavior. This tempest, this mind, is vast. And for so long, we have been on the other end. We've been pulled and dragged and compelled. So to train this mind, to train these feelings, these forces, to obey the conscious will, the Buddha says, is the only way to train the mind, free the mind's race-old urgings and proddings. So all these feelings will come up in the deepening of your practice, in the cultivating of your heart's garden. All of these things will come up, particularly as you settle in. Today is Saturday and we have a few more days to go. We're just getting started. So we want to resource you to the extent possible so that throughout the week you'll have a powerful tool for working with all that will be coming up. But working with it in a different kind of way, with friendliness, 
with curiosity, with openness, and a gentleness that makes the practice inviting so that you can gain confidence when you leave. Confidence in your potential for not just waking up you know, in, in this life, but for waking up in this moment, in this moment right here, to notice what is happening right now in my body, what's happening in my mind, where are my thoughts trying to sway me. So the most common form of mental practice, and you may have heard this explained before, but it's usually practiced in five different stages. You first we try to offer metta to ourselves, which is, for some people, not the easiest place to start. Ever notice that? Sometimes it's a lot easier to generate feelings of warmth and tenderness towards someone else that you love, maybe a, a, a beloved one, or a child, or an aging parent. But then we try to cultivate from that place, from that tender spot in our heart toward ourselves, we try to cultivate a feeling of, of sweetness toward a really close friend. Someone has been there for you. Someone you know, for whom it's very, very easy to conjure feelings of, of warmth and friendliness. And then you move to a neutral person, someone you don't know very well at all. Maybe you go by the newsstand every day and for years you've gotten your paper from the same person. Maybe the person who delivers your mail, someone you see at the coffee shop, you know, someone that you don't have a, 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 a deep acquaintance with. Offer them metta. Offer them loving kindness, which is simply to say, if it were up to me, I wish for you to be happy. If it were up to me, I would wish for you to be well. And then, after you've felt a radiating sense of love and warmth toward this neutral person, and slowly, slowly we expand this practice out to someone for whom it is rather difficult, a difficult person in your life, someone whose relationship is complicated, complex, a difficult person to get along with. And you offer them that same happiness, that same wish for love and safety. A person who's difficult or creating difficulty for you is someone in pain, someone who's suffering. And finally, we offer the same practice, the same tenderness toward beings everywhere. Everyone everywhere in the world wishing that they be happy and safe. So as you settle into your sitting posture, relaxing back into your seat, allowing your eyes to close softly and at the same time allowing your hearts to open. It's important to begin by just letting the body assume a posture that's peaceful, 
and easy. It's not strained in any way. So just scan the body very quickly to see if, if there's any tension or pulling. If there's some way you need to adjust yourself to make your practice really comfortable. It's by allowing the body to relax and to be easy and calm, not strained, that we're inclining the heart to take that same position. Feeling the breath flowing in, feeling the lungs to capacity, and allowing this breath to act as a global positioning device, guiding you back home into your body. The in-breath coming in to greet you, to open, allow. The out-breath moving out, sweeping through, taking with it strains and tensions in the body. And as we Notice what's happening in the body. Begin to ground yourself in your deepest motivation that you have available to you today. Reflect on your deepest aspiration. your wisest intention for this week. What has motivated you to turn away from your very busy life? To make this time and space to be with yourself to relate to yourself in a very different way. Reflecting on how difficult it has been at times for you, how hard or challenging And so we start to become aware by focusing on ourselves. Directing feelings of peace and ease and equanimity toward ourselves.
And if it helps to stimulate the feelings of tenderness, you might use a phrase like, may I be happy. May I really know happiness. May I be well, peaceful and at ease. And then allowing that peace and ease to grow into feelings of strength and confidence, adequacy. You might add a phrase like, may I be free from fear and worry. May I be relieved of restlessness and doubt. And from there, you might allow the further development of love within your heart toward yourself. How often do you care for others, tend to others, support, love, and nurture others? And so, Directing this energy of, of love toward yourself. May I be happy. May I know true, deep, and profound happiness. May I let go of what I cannot control. May I accept things the way they are. May my life as it is, may it be enough. If it were up to me, it would be so.
Imagine the impact of this loving-kindness practice on your health. On your relationships with your family, your spouse, your jobs. So allowing this freshness of loving practice to permeate, radiate through our hearts with pure love and and acceptance towards yourself. of a good friend to come to mind. Someone with beautiful qualities. Someone with whom you can feel the connection. Strong, powerful, deep. And bring to mind all the things you love about them. can see their face in your mind's eye and encourage this loving feeling to grow. You might add a phrase, may they be calm and happy. May my friend be well and peaceful. May they be safe and free from fear and remorse. May they be happy. May they know true and deep and profound happiness. softly repeat this phrase in your heart until it burns with energy, warmth, tenderness, radiating through your heart towards your friend. If it were up to me, my friend would be happy. May it be so.
Now turning the heart towards someone you barely know, but perhaps you see often. Never stopping to think about their fears or, or much about their life. You may not know them well, but in your heart, it's easy to wish them well. They seem caring enough, gentle enough, like a good person, a male man or a male woman. The UPS carrier The person at the race restaurant you frequent the most. Maybe there are qualities they possess that you, you find favorable and friendly. And you might encourage that feeling of warmth by saying, to yourself, I don't know this person well. But if it were up to me, I would want them to be happy. I would want them to not be afraid. I would want them to have enough. May they be safe and peaceful. May they not encounter danger or harm. May they be happy. Truly, deeply, and profoundly happy.
You know, maybe there's someone you don't, you don't like very much. Your relationship with them is hard, with sharp, jagged edges. Even the thought of their name, the, the hearing their name, causes pain in your heart, reactivity, automatically. And someone would wish to push away. Maybe their music is too loud, or they always park in your parking space. Maybe you overheard a rumor. Without getting caught up in the feelings of, of aversion or hatred, you could try to think of one positive thing about this person. Maybe there's just one thing that comes to mind. And if it's difficult to think of even one thing, maybe you can rest in the, the belief that they too have hopes and fears, just like me. They know the sting of rejection. just like me. They get disappointed and they have loss and grief. They've lost people they love just like me. And it's with that ability to identify with their suffering with their humanness, that we can deep in our hearts generate this warm and tender wish for them to be well. And happy. peaceful and at ease. May they be happy. If it were up to me, they would be happy too. And you don't have to get caught in the belief that this person actually will be happy. But we stay anchored in the wish 
the desire for it to be so. May it be so. And finally, we extend this warm and friendly feeling out farther to everyone in this room, people who have traveled from far and near with the same deep aspiration to be happy. everyone in our neighborhoods, hometowns we've left, friends we've said goodbye to for a week. May they be happy. And people in your town and extending this wish throughout the country from coast to coast. May everyone in this country know happiness. If it were up to me, it would be so. and on throughout the world, from the coasts of Africa, the southern tips of South America, to every being in every nation, with different rituals, cultures, languages, customs. May they be happy. May they know peace and ease and bread and freedom and happiness. every animal, animals of burden, animals abandoned, waiting to be killed, every insect, every being, seen, unseen, born to be born, far and near, in every realm, 
May they be happy. May they have peace in this life. May their suffering be relieved. May they be safe and free. May they know love and peace. It may not be so, but if it were up to me, it would be. May it be so. Prima Children writes so beautifully, the way to resolve our resistance to life is to meet it, to appreciate the core of freedom. Metta Bhavana is a doorway to that freedom, freeing the heart from fear, anger, worry. So we cultivate this practice to move toward that freedom. May you be happy.
May you be well, peaceful, and at ease. May you be profoundly, truly and deeply happy. If it were up to me, it would be so. May it be so. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.